Amen. Good to see you this evening. Some of you know that we just had our fifth grandchild, and she's seven weeks old right now, and many of you grandparents know how infants can change so quickly, and we have not seen her for several weeks, and so we're going to see her tomorrow afternoon, and we're looking forward to holding her into, in our arms. It's a special joy to be grandparents, but you know what? It's also a special joy to have your parents be grandparents. You know, being uh, parents of an infant is really tough sometimes, especially if you have little children as well, and you know how tired you can get, you know how you can get sick often, you hardly have any time to yourself, and it's great when you visit your parents and they take your infant child into their arms and they just fuss over your child. They just say, oh, what a blessing she is, what a gift of God. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's going to be such a great woman of God someday. She's going to just use the great talents that God has given her to just shine. And, and, and you're reminded of what a privilege it is to be a parent and what a gift children are. And, and it just not that you needed to have any better reason to do a good job of raising your children, but it just gives you that boost that you need sometimes when you're when you're tired uh, of, of just all that's involved in being a parent of an infant. Well, this evening I want us to look at something similar that happened to Jesus' parents when they went into the temple in Jerusalem with their four- to five-week-old Jesus. They encountered a man who took Jesus into his arms and really started to fuss over her. But did far more than fuss over her. He was used by God to reinforce to Mary and Joseph and all of us here who this child really was. You know, back in ancient Israel, the law instructed parents of sons to have them circumcised on the eighth day, and then after 40 days, they were to go to the temple to have their firstborn dedicated And they would, at that time, give a redemption offering. And it hearkened back to the day when God spared the firstborn of his people in the Passover right before the Exodus. And so Jesus is born to a very devout uh, mom and dad. Uh, They sought to follow all of God's laws. And this is important because Jesus came to fulfill God's laws for us in order to give us his righteousness. So our text tonight is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 33, where Joseph and Mary are in the temple, and in God's providence they encounter this man by the name of Simeon. Hear the word of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. That ends the reading of God's word. Now we're told something about this man, Simeon. He was devout. He was righteous. And what that means is he loved God and he sought to obey God's commandments out of a sincere love for him. Now we're not told whether he was a priest or not, but this man knew and he believed the Bible and the prophecies about the coming of the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and the Holy Spirit had told him something very special and that was that he would not die until he saw the Christ. Well, in God's providence, Simeon came into the temple right at the time when Joseph and Mary were bringing Jesus to be dedicated. Now, these days, you don't hand an infant, your infant child, to a strange man, even in church. But times were different back then, and there was something very special about this man. Probably it put Mary and Joseph at ease to know that this man was a very godly man. Now, my wife and I, we love our grandchildren. We're excited for them to come visit. We have some of them visiting with us now, and we usually greet them with open arms and a special greeting, but we don't usually sing over them as soon as they arrive. But this is what Simeon did. He sang over Jesus. You know, it's very interesting. In the Gospels, we have recorded for us a number of people who sing right as they learn of Jesus' arrival or his coming. You know, we think of Mary's Magnificat. We think of Zechariah's Benedictus. We think of the angels, how they sang Gloria in Excelsis Deo. And then we have this song of Simeon called Nuc Dementis. Now picture this. God has told you, you won't die until you see the Messiah. First of all, that takes a lot of faith to get up every day and go out of your house every morning, right? Because you know that day could be the day you see the Messiah, and then you know that you're not long for this world. But this man obviously was godly, and he had a different attitude about everything. He longed for that day. He longed to see the Messiah. And so he went to the temple that day, hoping that this day might be that day. Well, after he took the baby Jesus into his arms, he blessed God and he said this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. That's an amazing thing to say, isn't it? He was looking for the consolation of Israel. What does that mean? He was looking for the comfort that God was going to bring, the peace he was going to bring through the Messiah. But many of the Jews had mistakenly interpreted the prophecies about the coming Messiah, that he was going to be a military leader, that he was going to be a political leader that would rid the land of their enemies and restore David's kingdom. But you see, Simon knew better. I mean, rather, Simeon. Simeon says he has seen God's salvation. And the word salvation here is a special word. In the Greek, it means 
one fitted to save. So the emphasis is on the fact that here at last is someone who is fit to do what no one else could do, to bring God's salvation. He knew that this Messiah wasn't coming as a military leader to bring uh, political salvation. No, he was coming to bring spiritual salvation. You know, we've been going through this series in our church this past month uh, in Advent, talking about the names of, of the Messiah. And God gave the name of the Messiah, Jesus. And that word Jesus means God is our salvation. So how did Simeon see with his eyes God's salvation when all he saw was a five-week-old infant? Well, Simeon knew that there was something very special about this child, very special about his nature and his mission. He no doubt knew the prophecy of Isaiah 9, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, he knew the Messiah had to become a man and yet remain Mighty God. This was the only way that God was going to provide salvation. You see, God had revealed in his word that he was a holy God. And he required perfect obedience to his commandments. Not only in deed and in word, but in our thoughts. And mankind was not able to fulfill God's commandments perfectly. We fall short of them. And the reason for that is we're born with a sinful nature that's been passed down to us. All the way from the first man, Adam, who fell into sin. And so we cannot have fellowship with a holy God because we are not holy. We are not righteous. But that's only half the problem. The other problem is God is just. He is a just judge. And the Bible shows us that man man is a sinner. He sins against God's commandments And all of these sins must be punished, must be judged in hell. You see, there's no way out of this dilemma. Not only are we unrighteous, we're not able to fulfill God's commandments perfectly, but we have this debt of sin that we cannot atone for. We cannot pay God off for these sins. And so this is mankind's greatest need, not for a military leader, to to deliver us from oppression. No, we need a deliverer from God's condemnation, His judgment. We need a deliverer from the fact that we cannot measure up to God's standards. And so this is what the coming of Jesus meant. The second person of the Trinity, God Himself became a man without sin. He came to show us the nature of God, but he also came to show us how impossible it is for us to live according to Jesus' life, because Jesus lived a perfect life, and Jesus came to be our substitute. In other words, he came to live a perfect life in, in, in our behalf. 
He lived the life that we were commanded, that we should have lived. He came to live in our place. He came to live a perfect life as as a baby. He came to live a perfect life as a child. He came to live a perfect life as a teenager. He came to live a perfect life as a grown man. He lived at every stage of adulthood, of being a child, of being an infant, to satisfy God's requirements of perfect righteousness. He fulfilled the commandments for us. In other words, he loved God with his whole heart, mind, and strength, and he loved his neighbor as he loved himself. And he did this so that he would transfer his merit, his righteousness to our account, to all those who would believe in him. But he also came to satisfy God's requirement of justice. How did he do that? He went to the cross. He was innocent, but he was put on the cross in order to receive our debts, our sin, and to suffer the judgment that we deserved on our behalf. So at the cross, our sin guilt was transferred to his account, and he received the justice, the judgment, the condemnation, the wrath that we deserved on the cross through his suffering and bleeding and dying. And then he rose from the dead to certify he was, in fact, God the Son, and that God the Father accepted his work on our behalf for our salvation. And so when Simeon saw this infant Jesus He didn't just see a baby, he saw God. He saw God who had become a man to save us through his work. We have so much more revelation and knowledge than Simeon had in those days, but God had given him enough faith to believe that this was the Messiah. And Simeon's song ends with this statement that his salvation is not just for the Jews who would believe in him, but for all peoples. He would be a light for the Gentiles. You see, this was not hidden. This was not prepared in the sight of just a few people, but all people. And these prophecies were well known to the Jews. It was prophesied that the Messiah would come and not only be a source of salvation for his people of the Jews, but also to all who would believe in him, of the Gentiles as well. In other words, he came to reveal God to, and his salvation to all peoples, to all ethnic groups, to all stratas of society, all nations. This is good news, and Simeon sings of it with joy, just as we ought to. All of us can experience this comfort that Simeon looked forward to, this peace that Simeon experienced by believing in Jesus Christ. And see, this is the blessing that Christ's birth brings to all those who believe in him, the comfort of knowing salvation, the comfort of knowing righteousness before God, the comfort of knowing the forgiveness of all of our sins. This message amazed Joseph and Mary. Now, it's not that they hadn't heard these kinds of marvelous things about their child before. They heard it from the angels. They heard it from the shepherds. But Simeon just, and what God had given Simeon, just went to reinforce again what, how great this son was, 
how this was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. And here's the thing about people who encountered this baby Jesus. We think of the angels, we think of the shepherds, we think of the wise men. God revealed to all of them that this baby was the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior, the Son of David, God Himself who had become a man. And they bowed down and they worshipped Him. They praised Him. They blessed God for Him. They proclaimed who He was and what He had come to do to everyone who would believe. Now, before Simeon left, he proclaimed that this child was appointed for the falling and rising of many. And he was saying, in essence, that any person will rise or fall depending on how they respond to Christ. So I ask you this evening, how do you respond to Jesus? Jesus is coming. See, Simeon was content to die after he saw Jesus because he believed in who he was and what he had come to do. He had assurance of his salvation. You can have assurance of salvation. You can have assurance of forgiveness of your sins and right standing with God. You can have assurance that God is with you and you can have fellowship with him and that you will be with him for eternity in heaven after you die. See, if we are to have this peace, if we're to have this comfort, we must embrace him as our Savior and Lord. We must turn from our rebellion and sins and rest upon him and his work for our salvation. So have you seen the Jesus that Simeon saw, the true Jesus who came down from heaven to die on the cross for your sins to rise from the dead, proving he was God and he had victory over sin and death for us. See, Simeon's longing was over. He was prepared to die after that. And that's what Christmas is about, knowing, having the assurance that you will be in heaven with God forever when you die, but also having the assurance that you enjoy his fellowship now and the forgiveness of all of your sins. God sent his son to bring this comfort to us, this peace through His Son. When you have this peace in your heart, you want to sing. You want to bless God. And so may that be our desire tonight as we look and wonder upon this Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and what He brought to us, His righteousness, His redeeming death and resurrection. May we have a desire to praise Him like Simeon did. Let's pray. Our Father, help us this evening to see Jesus as he really is and what he came to do as God and man to bring us salvation. Give us your comfort and peace in salvation through the gift of faith in Christ so that we may truly see his light. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to participate with me in our responsive reading as we remember and as we worship this light that came into the world. And after this responsive reading, we'll begin singing Silent Night. The house lights will go down and you'll take your candles out and light them as we sing this song. So please participate with me. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. 
but came to bear witness about the light. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as the only Son of God, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ.